Hello, this is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lodge Number 2, and I am here speaking on the level with Ron Guzman. Ron, why don't you start out by giving me your name, the name of your home Blue Lodge, and any of the offices or titles you have connected to that Blue Lodge. Okay, uh, Ron Guzman, and my home lodge where I was raised in Master Mason at was over the Ocean View Lodge in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, currently, I am in Glendale Number 23, where I'm the Senior Steward, and the Arizona Sunrise Lodge Number 88, where I was just recently installed as a senior deacon. On the same night we interviewed Walt Howard? Yes. And what other Masonic bodies are you a member of, and do you have any titles in those organizations? I'm the Associate Bethel Guardian for Bethel 19 for Job's Daughters in Phoenix, Arizona. And Scottish Rite? And Scottish Rite, yes. (laughs) 32nd degree in Scottish Rite. Now, is that true? You have a daughter in Bethel? Uh, No, it was kind of a longer story. I got more involved. They needed some help with... uh, ABG, the Associate Bethel Guardian, um, they wanted more of a younger person that knows how to interact with the girls and everything, get them motivated and everything else. So I Rather some old fart? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> no um, offense to all our older <laughs> brothers out there. <laughs> so I went in there, and right now that Bethel is pretty much one of the biggest Bethels, I would say, in Job's Daughters International. We pretty much have a full floor of officers and girls on the sidelines, and we're, they have a great time. Wow. I, I met you, so I got a chance to meet you when we were going through the Scottish Rite, but I haven't had a chance to really interact with you or talk to you or get mm-hmm. to know you much. So one of the things I like to ask people is, is when did you first become aware of this thing called Freemasonry? It was a long time ago. When I was a little boy, our next-door neighbor, he was a master mason, really nice guy. Um, you didn't want to be a little smart mouth to him, so he was like one of the neighbors. I'm like, okay. If I say anything, he's going to say something right back, and it's going to be more witty than I can ever come up with <laughs> as a little kid. Then in California, I grew up in Orange County, so, of course, I've seen the Masonic Lodges over there. And it was one of those things when you're like a little kid, you know, there are those stupid questions. Don't ask those stupid questions. And one of the questions I had when I was like a little kid I never I knew better than to ask is, hey, what goes on inside those lodges? Or what do you guys do inside there? And so, of course, I never asked the question, never knew much right. about it. So when I went to the military, um, what really got me involved with masonry and looking at masonry as a whole was um, the leaders. Um, some of the leaders we had were like the senior staff and CEOs or other officers that were Freemasons. And I looked at them as for their leadership style, the way they interacted, the way they communicated with people, and just the way they carry themselves is a lot different from a lot of other ones and the ones that I really looked up to they were a lot of them were Freemasons. What, what branch of service was this? Um, in the Marine Corps. Marine Corps, okay. We've got quite a few Marines in our lodge as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so from from the time that you, one of the things I'm curious about is how long it took you to get into Freemasonry from the time that you kind of started getting curious. When did you first get curious and start asking questions, and how long was it until you actually joined from that time? Um, I would say about 10 years. 10 years, wow. It took about 10 years because <laughs> I started off in the Marine Corps, got out for a bit, 9-11 happened, then, of course, I went to the Navy, of all places and everything. So I'm like, okay, great. But it was in 96 that I was in um, getting ready to go to South Carolina. And, of course, I met a lot of other Masons in North Carolina that were there, but at the same time, I was deployed all the time. Right. So I really couldn't give it the full attention that Masonry required of my spare time, and I really didn't have it because either I was deploying or getting ready to deploy or I was out in the field. So I had the opportunity in um, 2006 to become a Master Mason. I started in 2005, and... 
went to the lodge over, it was actually the Grand Lodge, and it was off of Granby Street in Virginia. Went over there, I'm just cold, cold door knocking right on. I'm like, okay, I'm interested. I want to be a Master Mason. What do I have to do? Who do I need to talk to? Because I got the time period, I got this short amount of time that I could actually devote to it to become a Master Mason. And they're like, well, okay, come on over and come meet the brothers. I'm like, okay, and after that, I was went to my first degree, second, third degree. Are there a lot of differences you see? And, and again, this is open to the public, so we don't want to give any any secrets away per se. But are there any differences between what they were doing out in Virginia and what we're doing here? There's slight differences in the wording, the way they carry themselves, though, as far as um, their ritual goes, though. But everything else is pretty from a much, social aspect is it pretty social, much the same. It's the same. It's same. the same exact thing, of course, social aspect. Um, they're still. I mean, heck, I could walk up to another master mason and call my brother, and we'll talk and talk and talk all day long like it's no big deal. What they do? They do a lot of meals out there. They do like spaghetti dinners, or what? What do they do? Out um, there? The first um, actual dinner I went to over there, it was the Grandmaster for the state of Virginia. He came over and visited um, over in Granby Street, and of course there was like hundreds of people over there, and that's where I really got to have my eyes open to masonry and what it's really about instead of saying, okay, we all meet on the level. We all don't look at each other because of social status. And it just hit me really hard because I've seen it firsthand. But when I was at the dinner, it was myself. And right next to me, there was this guy, older guy, retired. He's already in his 60s and stuff. Um, right next to him, the guy was a painter. Okay, right next to him, there was this guy. His family was a big, wealthy construction had a big old wealthy construction company that was doing really good for themselves. So he was already in the millions of dollars. Okay. After that, there was another guy. He retired from the military. Another guy. He was recently let go unemployed. And there was myself. And we're all sitting together, laughing, joking. And no one really looked at each other. Okay. Well, I'm in this social class. You're in this social class. Or I'm not here. You're not there. So, but everybody was just talking to each other on a level. Normally, yeah. Normally. Yeah. Now, uh, what year was it Did you said you were raised? In 2006. 2006. You've been a Master Mason just about 10 years? Yes. Is there anything different about Masonry, that you, something, anything you didn't expect, or something that you know you would hope for and it's not the same way as you thought it was? No, I mean, pretty much it was a good adventure. Um, I'm still learning a lot about Masonry and what it has to offer. Um, the biggest thing I had was I got to see it from the military aspect. When I was overseas deployed, I would actually see other Master Masons, and of course, I'm like, okay, I know I could talk to you or vent to you, and I don't have to worry about any other repercussions or anything else like that, or just kind of like, okay, I know I could depend on this person over here. Right. So I got to see that aspect 100% over there. Tell me about uh, one of your favorite Masonic memories from an event or a ceremony or something fun. I got to say, it wasn't the ceremonies or anything like that. It was, I was over in Port Wayne, and we're forming up to go to the Middle East, okay? I was in the military police, and I found out I had orders to go out to Iraq. Then they're like, no, uh -uh, you're going over to Kuwait. So I had to form up, and I was meeting up with these guys, and none of us met each other. I mean, we, there was a couple people I knew from passing or whatnot, but here comes this one chief, and there's like, like about five or six chiefs over there. And they're all in their little circle talking to each other. So I go up, and I'm like, I look over, and there's this one chief. He has a Master Mason ring on. So I go up, go up there, and everybody's like, yeah, well, have, I don't really know anybody over here. They're kind of talking, do you know any of the troops? So I walked up, 
introduce myself to the chief, and all of a sudden, we're just BSing about masonry. <laughs> okay, then like, all of a sudden, the whole room is looking at us going like, how the heck did you two even know? <laughs> and we're just like, oh, don't worry about it. We got our own ways to go ahead and communicate with each other. <laughs> That's what it's all about. So we became really good friends after that. Wow. Is there a brother that embodies the ideals of Freemasonry to you or someone that made a big difference on you in, in the craft? Yes, it was Brother Carl Melton. Carl Melton is a great guy, um, master ritualist to perfection. Okay, but at the same time, I remember when I retired out of the military, it was in 2010, and I moved out here in Arizona, so I'm like, you know what, I haven't been too active with the lodge, so to say, and I was not going to go back to Virginia. Okay, and the brothers in Virginia already understood that. And so I'm like, okay, let me go look at the different lodges. And here's Carl Mountain. I just didn't know anybody. So he walks up to me, introduces himself, and we're talking for about a good 15, 20 minutes. And he just made me feel comfortable. So I'm like, okay, how old is everybody over here? Well, how many veterans are over here in this lodge? And he took the time out to really get to know me and talk to me and explain to me what the lodge is like, who's there, and what their little quirks are and what their personality is like. What lodge was this again? This is Glendale 23. This is Glendale, okay. All right. So how did how did you end up at that lodge? Did you live out there at the time? Or? Yes, I lived over in um, Litchfield Park. So instead of going to the Avondale Lodge, I just went over to the Glendale Lodge because they seemed pretty active and there were a lot of vets that, that are over there and I could relate to them, of course. And I just kind of like the atmosphere, the feel, the vibes of it. And where I'm living at right now, it's off of 59th and Thunderbird, so it's really right down the road what, what is it that keeps you coming back to Freemasonry and makes this thing important to you I gotta say the fellowship I gotta say the fellowship of all the brothers that I meet over there um, of course like the social aspect of it I mean in today's society I don't want to be known as like okay we're gonna hang out over at the bar or over some club or something like that and get my social time in with people I'd rather go ahead and be with people that I could talk to plainly I could go ahead and trust that okay, they're not going to screw me over. I could talk to them, and you know what? I'm going to get some really good, sound, timely advice, whether it's like from some of our older brothers that they have that life experience, and I could draw from them, and they're going to give me their honest opinion about what I'm going through or what I'm doing in life, whether it's on a business, a social, or just going through hard times in general and stuff. I know that I can count on them to be there for me. Yeah, that's one of the things that makes it important to me, too, is I think it's we don't have the opportunity as men to connect across generations like mm -hmm. that in very many places today but masonry is one of those places any other stories or closing thoughts you want to share about your experience or feelings about masonry in general i have a really good time with masonry um just connecting with other brothers um all over the state um one of the other things i think is phenomenal is being part of the masonic youth i mean there are masonic youth programs like job's daughters which i'm really part of um the demolay which i'm which I know about and everything, and of course we have one of our, the International Master Chancellor, um, Mr. Gordon, he's about to do his third degree here pretty soon. Um, and after that, there's Rainbow, so there's a lot of activities for the family. So if you want to bring the family into it, yes, there's opportunity for it. And one thing that I really love about it, regardless which Masonic Youth um, flavor you want to go to, so to say, you're going to see a difference in your child, whether it's like self and like their self-esteem, um, their confidence, and everything else. Because I've seen girls come in there for Job's daughters, and of course they're kind of like with their head down, not really, really super shy, not 
vocal. He could barely understand what they're saying because they're kind of talking in a low voice. Uh-huh. And just after not even a year, you just see their confidence shoot through the roof where they're walking in loud and proud. <laughs> their the voice is booming across the room, and you see a complete 180 in your child. And it's just building confidence, and I would say the leadership skills that they need and everything that's going to carry with them to when they're adults. It sounds like getting involved with that organization really uh, hit home for you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, though, because I've seen a lot of, I was in the military police, and, of course, I got to see kind of like the, the, worst, bad, yeah. the worst things that happen. And one of the things that really just kills me inside is either seeing DUIs for one or seeing pretty much uh, people being victimized. And a lot of the people that were being victimized, of course, were some of the women and everything when I seen when I was in the military, whether they're dependents or they were in the military themselves, though, that just burnt me to no end. And having a positive impact with these girls, giving them the confidence and the self-esteem and just being there. And on top of that, too, some of these girls don't have the positive male role models in their lives. So I'm stepping up and everything, being that positive male role model in their life, like, okay, these are the type of people you want to be around, not what society says you need to be around or act the way society wants you to act. So they're seeing this positive influence in their lives, which I know is going to help a lot of them out. Yeah, well. All right, Ron, thank you very much for taking some time to talk to me today. Not a problem.